Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. This week on Not Sam Wrestling, we were down at the 2K20 launch event and got interviews with Ric Flair, Bobby Lashley, Adam Cole, Charlotte, and more. You'll hear them all. We'll go over the draft. It's going to be a day. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Happy Monday, everybody. Still getting used to this new schedule. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Especially this week. I mean, three podcasts this week. I mean, well, I don't know. I guess technically the three were last week. We had our, of course, yeah, I guess last week. Coming off of a three podcast week. That's how much content there is to cover in the world of wrestling these days. Of course, last week, the Monday podcast with half the NXT roster on it, Bianca Belair, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Riddle. Then we had the Thursday update, Thursday, not Sam Thursday. Then we had a bonus podcast drop, not just for the people at patreon.com slash not Sam wrestling. But last week, it was a bonus podcast for everybody. It dropped over the weekend. If you missed it, go back and listen. Uh, it was my coverage of the WWE's press conference that went down this week, uh, including interviews with Cain Velasquez, Rey Mysterio, Triple H, Tyson Fury, and Braun Strowman. All those uh, interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NotSam. You know, they're real quick interviews. It was a media scrum, but uh, we got them in. So you can listen to everything as well as my take on the press conference on the Quick pod that dropped on Saturday afternoon. Still here on this podcast feed. That's why you got to make sure you subscribe. There's just content raining down on you. Um, and all the interviews are up on YouTube. So this week, we have another. So I I don't know what it is. I, I Fall, there seems to be a lot of wrestling media events. Usually on Not Sam Wrestling, those that have been listening for a long time, you guys know we try to stick to one interview subject. Like my, my ideal interview length as an interviewer is somewhere in the 45 to 55 minute range. You know, I like that length of time talking to most people and putting it up here on the podcast. Sometimes you got to go longer, like the uh, Jeff Jarrett interview, one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done here on the podcast. We went super in-depth, and I think we ended up going like two hours, but I split that into two podcasts. But usually, you know, whether it's uh, Hornswoggle a couple weeks ago, Baron Corbin, Matt Tremont, you know, just thinking of some recent ones, we stick to a one-subject interview, meaning interview subject, meaning person that I'm talking to. But when there's a media event at the Performance Center and we have the chance to talk to a whole bunch of people at 10 minutes at a shot, I'm going to take advantage of it. That was last week's podcast. When there's a press conference and I have the opportunity to speak to five of the biggest names in wrestling, even if it is only for two minutes apiece, that's content there. I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to put that out. I'm going to give you guys a podcast about it. This week, something similar. Next week, I believe, unless something comes up 
is within the next seven days. Next week, I will get back to the usual uh, format of the show with one guest. However, this week, WWE uh, 2K, I guess 2K Games invited me out to Las Vegas. That's why I was out in Las Vegas for the press conference and why I was in the house for SmackDown Live or Friday Night SmackDown or whatever it's called this week is because uh, I was invited to fly out to Vegas uh, for the launch of 2K20. That game comes out October 22nd. And I'm super excited. I get every WWE video game release. I don't remember the last video game release I missed from WWE. And I mean, like, this goes back years and years. Still to this day, the memories that I have of playing Raw is War for Sega Genesis, that was when it was the first game that had weapons in it. So there was a chair and there was a bucket that you could use. Luna Vachon was in it, and that's the first female that I remember being in a game. But because it was the only female, you would it was all intergender stuff. But it was like that generation to see them in games. Bam Bam Bigelow, Luna Vachon, One Two Three Kid, Doink the Clown. All and it was always Sega Genesis for me. Love that game. Love it so much. We graduate uh, to N sixty four, and of course, I mean. WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, WCW, NWO Revenge. It's all the same game engine, but those might be the best wrestling games of all time. You know, there was a dip, in my opinion, in the WWE games for PlayStation, which was really my console. The N64 I had, and I ended up probably only playing the WWE games on it and the WCW games on it. But PlayStation had, like, WrestleMania, the arcade game, Cheese, In Your House, Cheese, um, with WCW when they could like WCW Nitro, WCW Thunder, it was like, well, I mean, Nitro, I guess, was kind of cool when it first came out, but it got ridiculous, and Thunder was, you know, terrible. Uh, but I think was it called Warzone when it came out? That was the the first WWE game that had interstitials, like the great Ahmed Johnson uh, uh promo that's circulating YouTube all the time is from that game. Uh, and then once the SmackDown, SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, once that series started, I was so on board. And that series kind of, the SmackDown series became SmackDown, and then Raw versus SmackDown, and then it became 2K. Like, that, that, that sort of, that's the lineage of the games. And so I don't remember the last one I, last one I missed. But this year... It's super updated. I got a chance to play it. I got my hands on the game. First of all, obviously, the roster is packed, but it's also amazing how updated it is, too. Their version of The Fiend in this game is so on point. I think you have to unlock it or something, but it is so on point. It looks so cool. The graphics are definitely redesigned. I was playing 2K19 this afternoon to kind of remind me, and, like, the 2K20 graphics are a lot better. The colors are a lot more crisp. The lines are more hard. You know what I mean? Like, that becomes a big deal. Like, the colors don't blur together at all. The lines are hard and sharp. It's kind of like they're on Blue Chew. They're perfect. Um, yeah, and, and all kinds of game modes and everything. Like, they're they're doing uh, more fantasy-type stuff. You can wrestle in hell with demon versions of, of guys. The one that I like, like, some of the arenas that they have, you can wrestle in, like, an indie, like, in a gym. It's 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 a gym basically, and it's supposed to be like an indie show. But there's nobody in the audience. Like there's nobody on the floor, and there's literally eight people in the stands, and that's it. And like I love the fact that you could have you know Brock Lesnar versus Bret Hart 
in front of eight people in a gym. I think, uh, what was it? It was like, uh, I think I did a fatal four-way when I played 2K20. I played a Stone Cold, and I think the guy I was playing with might have been the big boss man. And we put, I, It was this ridiculously stacked fatal four-way in front of eight people. And I was like, what are we working so hard for, bro? Let's, let's tone it down a little bit. But obviously, I would recommend it. If you're a gamer and or a wrestling fan, I, you gotta check. I, you, you, you know you're going to want to check it out. It's awesome. It, they're always awesome. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it coming out so I can play it in my house. I don't have a copy of it yet. I just got to play a copy of it. Uh, but one of the great things that 2K did was not only bring us up there, but give us the opportunity to interview a whole bunch of superstars. Now, again, these interviews took place on Friday morning. This was right before the draft went down is when these interviews took place. So so this is literally the superstars, and, and the event was actually in the same building that SmackDown was in. It was in a room inside the T-Mobile arena. So the superstars are getting there to figure out what they're doing on SmackDown tonight, and before they get to SmackDown, they're just dropping into this room where we can talk to them about what's going on. So the interview that I want to start with is Charlotte Flair, okay? Because we're going to go in, we're going to go... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear from Charlotte Flair, Adam Cole, the Good Brothers, Ric Flair, and Bobby Lashley. Now, there's a couple. Obviously, I couldn't wait to talk to any of uh, you know so all of them. I couldn't wait to talk to. I don't want to give you a double negative there, but getting to interview Ric Flair was amazing for me because I don't know that I've ever done a real interview with him. I've met him you know, a few, a few times, but I don't think I've ever actually done an interview with him. So even though it was only 10 minutes, that was amazing. And I'd love to sit down with him at some point and really like, he's a guy I could talk to for four hours. To have, I could talk to him for 10 hours. Easy. So that was amazing. But the other one that I was really looking forward to was Bobby Lashley. Cause all I wanted to do, and I guess that's how, you know, you're successful was talk to him about the, uh, Lana storyline that he's wrapped up in right now. So we'll have both of those for sure, and we'll be able to decompress after. But I wanted to start with Charlotte Flair because this is really interesting to me. You know, uh, Charlotte in this interview is, uh, she's definitely questioning how many times she's been women's champion, not necessarily in the most positive way. She's kind of sitting there going like, why am I, you know, holding these titles for a day for a, and I don't know. I kind of, after I saw her lose the women's title on SmackDown, I was like, did she know? Like, did she just find out she was going to drop the title and come in and, and talk to me? Listen to it and see what you think. We're going to play them all. You don't need me interrupting every single one. So we're going to start with Charlotte Flair, who I will bet you had just found out that she was going to lose the women's championship before she did this interview. And then we'll go into everybody else. Uh, Adam Cole, the Good Brothers, Ric Flair, and of course... Bobby Lashley. Here they are this week on Not Sam Wrestling. The Not Sam Wrestling interview. Here we are. It's the launch of 2K20 and the SmackDown Women's Champion. What is this, 10 times? Yeah, who's counting? <laughs> who's counting at this <laughs> point? Counting? Who's counting? Charlotte is here. Charlotte, what's the half? <laughs> I'm like, when I lose this, am I really saying Charlotte 11 reigns? Like, yeah, yeah. Does that <laughs> even make sense? I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I just feel like you're kind of permanent women's champion, whether you, like, sometimes the title won't be on you, sometimes it will, but 
you're kind of just there, right? I'm just there. Yeah. I feel like I'm just a permanent staple. Yeah. I'm here. Here we go. Yeah. At any moment. What, are we At in a pinch? Moment. Let's put the title back on Charlotte. Or let's take it off for the next or, day, yeah, too. Let's take it off. Yeah, yeah. We got to have something happen. For 30 seconds. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, nobody brings that up. They're like, the most decorated. The most. Yeah, but I oh, lost but it. I think about it. <laughs> like, you're following your reins going like, I don't know that this makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, then I just tell myself, a number is a number. Number yeah. is a number. That's it. Just <laughs> And you know what? You're blessed, too, to have your dad, who is one of, if not the most decorated professional wrestlers of all time, yeah. on everybody's Mount Rushmore, and his win-loss record, not great. He lost a lot of matches. No, and it's funny because... To me, the big picture is it's not how you win it, it's how you lose it. That, to me, is what defines a champion. Mm -hmm. But with the win-loss record, it's, I almost feel like I'm turning into him because it's like, well, I've only won 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> if you really think about it, I've only won 10 times. He'll go, honey, I only won 16 times. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I have morphed into you, Dad. <laughs> It really is weird. Yeah. What happens when they go like, Charlotte is so good, she can lose every match and still win the title. Let's have her lose every match. Well, actually, don't jinx me because okay. I'm actually, I've won two matches now on TV back to back <laughs> in the last year. Fox, the last two. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. I'm keeping those very close you to are. my heart. It's so funny because I don't think anybody gets that perspective. Everybody watching is like, Charlotte is like John Cena of women. She just always wins. And you're sitting there going like, it kills me. No, it really does because, like, I try, like it's taken a very long time not to let the opinions of others affect me. But after the last year, and it's like, oh, she's Roman, she's Cena. I'm like, I haven't won a match in a year. I'm just always here. Yeah. Like, like sometimes no, I just disappear. Yeah, exactly. Who? I mean, but it's like, I don't know if it's almost like a compliment because I carry myself like a star so they automatically think or yeah. because I'm always somewhat intertwined maybe that's why but it's like nope no please pull out my record <laughs> <laughs> I actually promise you please <laughs> if you look at statistically speaking I'm quite bad <laughs> I mean even as a baby face yeah. I lose as a baby doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> But nobody knows. Nobody no. ever realizes it, which is good. No, I think that's, yeah, it's... It doesn't matter if you win or lose. It matters if people think you win or lose. But I think that's the pressure that I put on myself because it's like, if you can somewhat maintain that status regardless of records, Right. it's like, for instance, I, I think to myself, man, they just had me try to turn babyface two or three weeks ago when I had been in the storyline with Bailey right. legitimately as the heel. Right. Like there's no black and white no, area. So I'm like, how am I supposed to do this? And then I go, well, I went into WrestleMania just being inserted as the chosen one. Mm -hmm. So if I can walk out however many months later and still somewhat get a cheer, it's like, okay. That's, yeah, it takes a lot of skill. I'm doing something right, yes. whether it's not the whole audience. And then there is a much different feel, I think, for me when I go to live events versus mm -hmm. TV. I don't know if it's people want their opinions on TV versus like live events. I'm full blown baby because I don't know if it's like, oh, that's I've gotten to that. Oh, it's Charlotte Flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still 
you have to keep that edge and constantly think about it or you never know like yeah what's well, you know what i mean absolutely absolutely because you're also like i don't think people realize that you're in your own world here you don't get to watch yourself from the outside no. you just know what it feels like yeah. in your own head and another thing is it's like okay they move me back to baby it's like okay i can't be the face that was needed versus bex right in that rivalry because i still go back and was like well if i if i still had that attitude but there was no it was just like no i am a good guy <laughs> you were gonna cheer me, <laughs> and now well, did it's that, like, what, I mean, that started right when a year ago, when yeah. Becky Lynch turns heel on you, and everybody cheers Becky Lynch. Are you sitting there going like, what? What this was? No, it? I was like, stay true to the story. Yeah. Don't let the fans or the excuse me, the audience yeah. dictate your performance. So I'm like, no, I am the good guy. <laughs> She jumped Cheer me. me. Yeah. She jumped. Like I mean, I did everything in my power to take away that edge, yeah. and to. But it's like, was that a detriment? Was it not? And then now it's like, okay, now I'm back on that fence, and it's like, yeah, no, I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. But you know what? I like, might be on that side, but there's no like. Now it takes to that that certain level of confidence. Like, either you like me or you don't. And I don't care. Yes. Yes. And it brought you to a main event at WrestleMania. You got to enter in a helicopter. You know what I mean? My first time in a helicopter. Yeah, is that? I've always thought helicopters were terrifying. What when you're? No. Up, what I think is more ridiculous is I've done a couple of interviews, yeah. and they go, "What was it like asking Vince that you wanted to show up in a helicopter?" <laughs> just, like, just assume that like. Yes, <laughs> I knocked on Vince's door and I said, "Vince, I want a helicopter." Okay. Yeah. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I need a helicopter to that helicopter. stadium. <laughs> Charge it to the game. <laughs> no. No, it was really cool. It was like, I didn't know how they were going to top the, the throne. Yes. So I was like, what are they going to do? And then literally a week before they said, this is what we're doing. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, but it wasn't, you're not, you don't have like a thing about heights, like you weren't scared up in the helicopter? I'd be terrified. <laughs> no heights. <laughs> but it did. So it brings you to a main event at WrestleMania. It brings you back to the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now everybody's talking about this draft, and the word on the street is like, oh, Fo and nobody knows, obviously. Yeah. They just say things. But nobody Fox knows. is very high on Charlotte Flair, and, and they want Charlotte on SmackDown. Is there anything, like with this draft coming up, especially because Fox is clearly super invested in SmackDown, where USA is super invested in Raw, does that factor into the way you think about what kind of show you end up on at all like do you so i don't so literally for the last year i have been doing all of the fox upfronts mm -hmm. like by myself sending a female to do you know talking about the company to advertisers to media outlets what we have to offer so i also feel a close connection with fox in terms of the athleticism and sports yes. aspect so for me do i feel like it's a perfect fit yes do i want to go to fox yes i don't know what's going to happen though you have a championship title that's already blue it, yes let's not that, complicate it let's not complicate it right? keep me on fox <laughs> keep me on smackdown like like to me it's a perfect fit like i feel like i'm 
I fit their brand. Right. Not that I don't fit USA's, but it yeah. just, and I have, I feel like a good rapport now with the executives because I've had to, you know, understand their product and what they're offering and what we're doing for, it's just so, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that I'm going to stay. No. On no, Fox, it no, just means you never that know. I was really good at public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> they needed a public really speaker right then. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in 2K20. Yeah. I haven't seen your rating yet, but I'm assuming it's very, very high. I just was told. What's the rating? 87. Okay, well, Gallows and Anderson are super upset that they're like 81. <laughs> they're pretty well, bad. I'm like, my dad's still way higher than me, and he's not even active. So, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I guess, realistically, in 2019, if Ric Flair is in a match, is he winning? Probably not. He had a 90 rating. <laughs> it's cool. That's a solid three above you. <laughs> oh, it's just, but That's a lot. Still, that sounds That's way a lot. than like, yeah. That's a lot. You'd rather be 60 and him 90, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It just seems like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, no, cool. you're good, but not quite there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not close. quite there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for Fox. Yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm, I love the journey you want. Have you ever done, okay, so everybody, when you do your moonsaults, right? I'm sure, I don't know if you read Twitter or not, but I'm sure that you have read feedback on it and people get so worried about everything involved just because it looks so scary right is it as scary as people think that it looks okay do not laugh okay what's harder because i was a gymnast right what's harder for me is to make it look scrappy because i am trained to land on my feet i am right. not trained <laughs> to just splash on some yeah, yeah. belly flop down belly yeah. flop down so for me it's harder to like you don't want wrestling to look choreographed. Right. So to me, a lot of the stuff, like I still work on this with Sarah, well, not as much with Sarah Del Rey because she's not on the road, but when I first started, I had like feet of a volleyball player, like everything, not happy feet, but getting right. out of those like, uh, I mean, just perfect f footwork uh, movements. Like that's what's been my biggest challenge is making things look a little less like my bumps don't look so like don't make those look when I take an arm drag don't yeah. look so crisp yeah like that's been right make it look natural like somebody's yeah. dragging you that's what's been hard for me that makes sense yeah not the so you have to figure out more spots where people move out of the way of the moonsault and then you land on your feet yeah there it is exactly <laughs> that's what you got to do yeah. well Charlotte it's always a pleasure talking Thank to you. you Sam. everybody here wants to talk to you you're here with your dad too that's got to be yeah. exciting Yes, parent and crime, always. <laughs> I, like, where is he? I've let him go for five minutes. I have to find him. One eye's on him the whole time. Yes. Well, thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Sam. Here's a man that I feel like I've uh, spoken to quite a bit lately, but I enjoy it. I love it. I never get sick of talking to you. I could, I could talk to you every single week, Sam. Well, I think that's what we're doing. We're kind of on that rate right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the NXT champion of the world, Adam Cole, baby. What's the haps? Not much. Uh, life is crazy right now, yeah. in the coolest way possible. Of course. Just, you know, ob the obvious move with NXT to, to USA. Things have been crazier, more hectic, more pressure, more exciting than ever. But I love it. Everything's great. Yeah, so, I mean, the reason we've been talking so much is because I feel like you are doing a tremendous amount of press. You're doing a tremendous amount of interviews. How do you uh, stop them from getting just 
boring and like you're just going through the motions. Sure. So fortunately for me, well, with you, it's easy because I love you. I appreciate that. um, Generally speaking, though, I really do love talking about wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even if it's the same topics, I I enjoy it. It's my passion. It's my love. So I I never get sick of it. Um, uh, You know, talking about something that matters so much to me again like like the move to USA network or just pro wrestling in general I never get sick of I've yeah. been talking about it nonstop since I've been <laughs> 9 so yeah, that's true I'm not over it yet but it's also I mean like even though we're whatever 3 weeks in it's still amazing yeah. that NXT is on USA live it, like I feel like because of everything that's going on like with premiere week and with Raw and SmackDown and the Wednesday night war right. and all this it's the story has kind of gotten lost that this show that was just like not even supposed to do 5,000 people at the Barclays when they first started doing takeovers in arena, three years later is on USA. Like that's, you can't fathom what a big deal that is. No, especially too, because this this move to USA, it felt like it happened, like we knew eventually NXT was gonna end up on television, but it like happened overnight. It was like, hey guys, three weeks, you're gonna be live on the USA Network. We're like, what? Like we found out, a a lot of people asked me that, like when did you guys know? We had an, we had an idea that maybe something was happening. But it was but also, like, on a, a TV channel, right? It wasn't even, like... Right. Like, we, we, honest to God, people don't believe me when I say this. We found out when everyone else found out. Like, when it got posted online. Right. We were like, oh, crap, this is happening. Okay. <laughs> not when your Twitter went off. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. So, it's... Uh, and, and that's never going to get stale or old. Like, to me... I, I can't imagine getting used to live television every week because there's so much pressure to that. Like, you can't screw up. The time has to be perfect. It, it feels yeah. like a takeover every week, which is awesome. Yeah, and I, I think watching it, like, it, feel, it's to, it feels totally different than watching the old TV show. And you can see that, like, everybody is aware of what the opportunity is, not only for themselves, but for the product. Yeah. Like, I think that's what makes NXT pretty unique is that you all have such a loyalty to the brand. Yeah. And that you do all have this common interest in wanting the brand to succeed. What's more pressure for you as a performer when you've got that opening match with Matt Riddle and it like has to smoke because we're two hours now and we're head to head and the whole thing like this is the introduction for a lot of people, or is it the segment last week which I thought was great where it was the four of you guys and Champa and Velveteen Dream and even though you're not wrestling in that segment, that is the hey just so you guys watching know. This is what the main event roster looks like right now, and you've got to represent that. Yeah, yeah. So to me, it depends. Uh, Both of them are high-pressure situations. But generally speaking, when I'm in a singles match with someone as good as Matt Riddle, there's a lot less fear of things going wrong just because of how talented he is. But when you start having four, five, six different people, all very skilled, all very talented, just a lot of moving pieces – where if something goes wrong, the whole thing could fall apart. Yeah, That, in a scenario, can be more pressure, too. But, again, the coolest thing right now about NXT is this whole roster is so stacked with so many guys who are such pros and so good at interview segments or matches to where I don't really ever get nervous for for making sure that they're in position or they're performing the way they should. Of course, I put crazy high pressure on myself. Like, right. this is going to sound strange. But when I, when I have an interview segment, and I am actually not saying a lot, Sometimes I drive myself crazy thinking, okay, I'm only going to say this. Gosh, I hope I remember. You know, the, the, whereas, like, if it's a giant, the, you know, uh, like a five-minute interview segment, that I got in my head and I'm rolling and going. So. Yeah, I get that because, like, one thing will lead to another thing will exactly. lead to another thing. So right. there's you give yourself little clues, but when there's not enough thing for the yeah. clues, 
That's when you screw up, right? right? And you get like one word wrong and it knocks you off the whole thing. And again, just just television in general, just the, the pressure of that. It, yeah. It's just it's just made everything, whether it's an interview, whether it's a match, it's it's made all of it so much more pressure. But in a good way. Like I love I feel like I did when I first started wrestling. Like just this in, insane butterflies in my stomach oh I have to do awesome which again I've always put a lot of pride into my work and always want to do the best I can but this move to live TV has just changed everything it's amazing when did you find out that you'd have the Finn Balor moment and what and how did you feel about that the fact that like not only are we going to deliver this awesome match you and Riddle but we're going to have a moment right after that nobody's going to see coming and it's going to be Finn Balor like what was that process for you? So I saw him walking around, still didn't know. Uh, <laughs> day of. Yeah, absolutely day of. Um, and then when I found out, again, I actually had Finn Balor's, uh, one of his farewell matches in England. And that was the only time we've right. ever wrestled. Yes. So, but you know, prior to that, I had never really worked with him before. So to get the chance to, again, what you just said, have that match with Riddle and then have that giant, exciting, new, like no one in the building saw it coming. I almost like those more than matches sometimes yeah. like there's cool moments of yeah. like oh my god he's here yeah. um because those those like a great match is like something that like a fan will go back and i'll watch the match yeah, and yeah. everything but those moments that's when it's like oh i'll go to my buddy like look when finn balor came out and you show like exactly yeah. some of my favorite moments in wrestling were like when stone cold steve austin returned or when the, uh, i was actually at the raw where the rock came back when the invasion angle was happening right. between wwe and wcw um and that's the stuff, exactly what you just said. That's the stuff you remember, even more so than the matches sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you go like, uh, oh, what's your favorite Stone Cold match? Beer truck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, entrance at WrestleMania 17, <laughs> my favorite? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, are you excited about the prospect? Like, what I really like about NXT at the moment is the idea that the main event scene right now, you've got Ciampa, you've got Balor, like, you've got options. You can't sit there and go like, oh, okay, Finn Balor came back, they're going to lead to TakeOver, and that's going to be the match. You're like... This has to flush itself out a little bit. Yeah. Do you like that? I love it. Yeah. I love when you can't pinpoint what's going to happen. Like we, we still don't know what what is the what is the title situation right now. Who am I defending the championship against? I don't know. The fans don't know either. But th that's what I love. The more challengers there are for a champion, the more stories you can tell. You could also go to one and then and then come back to the other one. Yeah. You can just constantly be swerve and changing kind of what's going on, which is not just exciting for the performer, but exactly what you just said. The fans. It's them not knowing it's one of the coolest feelings you can take a wrestling fan on just not being sure being yeah. excited for whatever it's going to be but not really knowing what's going to happen do you personally have a preference as far as champa balor oh i don't so it's got to happen with both of them yes. it has to yes. finn balor longest reigning nxt champion of unless all you time. lose to the first one then Sam, what are you talking about? No, you're right. That was a very Pat McAfee question. That he sucks, doesn't he? He's the worst. I hate Barbara. Pat McAfee. The worst. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it all depends. You, of course, you could see Champa, the guy who never uh, properly lost the championship, had to yeah. relinquish it. Finn Balor coming back, trying to make an impact. I don't know. I, I'll take both of them on. Triple threat match. Love it. Love it. Well, look, sounds good to me. You're in 2K20. Not only that, but I heard you talking about it. Your rating has apparently gone up. It has gone up, of course. That of means course that you've had a great year. That means you're going to continue to have great years. You got the championship. It's a good time to be Adam Cole, baby. It's a great time. It's always a great time to be Adam Cole, but specifically right now. You're yeah. right. It just you're keeps right. getting better. Thank you, Adam Cole. Of course. Thank you. Make room for all the man in here. Look at this. Oh, we're hot now. We're live already? Oh, we're live, pal. Oh, baby. Live, pal. This is a high brother rated area right here between the three of us, isn't here we it? Go. Let's speak some truth. I got some liquid charisma flying through me. It's not the kind that I had last night. 
coffee. It's the Good Brothers. Good Brothers are here. Let's it's talk October 22nd. WWE 2K20 debut. There's a little charisma right there. There it is. That's, now, now here we are. Let's talk Mo about our ratings. Yeah, they suck. They just keep going down. Yeah, what are you rated in the game? Dead, a horrific 81. <laughs> 81. And it's actually true, though. It's a good, it's a, it's a factual rating, the way we've been Are you saying that it's beaten? accurate? <laughs> the way we've been beaten like, 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 uh, like drums. Like a drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I bought six four-wheelers, Sam. I, is that how you afforded that? justify something. <laughs> it made you feel better. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lose, you lose, you lose. You then you stuff. you get home, and there's the swimming pool, isn't it? That glass ceiling. There's a swimming pool. There's four wheelers. I mean, I'm not losing when I go home. <laughs> yeah, you I might lose on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> People, I might lose on SmackDown. <laughs> I might lose on a pay per view if I'm on it. People, when I go home, I got a four wheeler, six of them. People talk about a metaphorical glass ceiling, but sometimes it buys you a literal glass ceiling. Yes, it sure did, or a screened-in pool. Whatever it is. He yeah, no longer lives in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it does. Oh, we're happy. I mean, you should be happy. It's, and it seems like late. very happy. You right. feel happy. Look yeah. at it. It seems like lately there's less losses. It seems like since the club got back together, you guys got new music. You got the red lights on. AJ's back with you. It seems like you're more of a high priority. I'm a little concerned that our rating has gone down. <laughs> How does it get worse? Who do we talk to about our... Well, I can't say the word I want to use. Who do I talk to about my rating around here? But it's not going to go up. You got to win. You got to get a couple of W's. Right. Like how do you how do you justify? Yeah. No, there's no justifying what it is. It's, I guess it's just kind of uh, it's, it was an 83, I think, last year. Boy, it went down. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm yeah. sorry, but then, you know what? Maybe it's the sec the first half of the year wasn't great. Second half of the year was better. I also see that we're doing media with Roman Reigns, <laughs> Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and us. Yeah. What's the missing link? They go like this. Sam Roberts is here. Would you want to start with uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows? I was looking at the list. That... Well, can I have Roman? <laughs> yeah, I mean. What happened? Yeah. yeah, it's. I guess AJ's just relaxing in parts unknown right now, so <laughs> he, he sent... couldn't make it to the uh, the carpet event that we're doing here. He sent the goons. Right, we're, of <laughs> we're not goons anymore. We're, oh, I'm oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. We're the richest goons in the whole entire <laughs> industry. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Especially you, Carl Anderson. You, Luke Gallows. You're not as uh, active on Twitter as Carl Anderson is. I certainly am not. No, but Carl Anderson is making no fans on Twitter. People are getting very upset with you because you do things like bragging about your salary and to somebody who can't afford, how many four-wheelers was it? Not sure, I never bragged about my salary. I just bragged about a couple of the things that I bought. And it weren't- it Six of them. It wasn't bragging. It was factual, <laughs> just, like my, just like my rating in the game is factual. Right. I was speaking of fact, I bought six four-wheelers. That was a fact. <laughs> Right, unfortunately the rating in the game is not based on the amount of four wheelers owned. The rating in the game the rating in the game is based on facts. <laughs> on wins and losses. And there's more of the L. Well, look, up though soon. The draft is coming up. Yep. Does it uh, do you guys have a preference? Raw, SmackDown? Do you want to stay with AJ? Is it time for Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson to go off on their own and finally have that hot streak? Just keep the brothers good together because yeah. I think without each other we would mentally crack and I don't know what would happen. Yeah. I'd, I'd hate to see that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he would drive down the road without a, a, hint, a, 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 a handler. I need a handler. You do need a handler? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, 100%. he's a big guy. You know? <laughs> Call in Tim White. <laughs> I'd love to have Tim White. If I lose Carl Anderson, can I get Tim White? <laughs> I think you need him. I guess we could always have Milky, our driver, that 
we've kind of fired. He leaves a bit to be desired. He gets fired every time he gets hired. So it's Why does he get fired? What's, what's wrong with the driver? Well, <laughs> we get excited about having Milky come for the weekend, then first day we start getting mad at him because he, he makes us realize why we don't bring him on every weekend. <laughs> it seems like not the most difficult job in the world, just drive you from town to town. and shouldn't be difficult. Shouldn't. It should not be difficult. Especially for someone who wants to do it. Dealing with us at times can be a little hard. Ask, I guess you could ask my hot Asian wife and ask his girlfriend now. I think I'm a bowl of roses to deal with. <laughs> I didn't know people put roses in bowls. I but know, it's a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a big thing. Now, you know, you're in this video game, though. Your rating leaves something to be desired, but it's great to be in a video game. You got a hot Asian wife. You have, what, 17 kids? 17 kids. So that means I got to buy 18 four-wheelers so I can ride... <laughs> An extra one. Um, Are they video game people? Video game people, big ones, and and they do wrestle with me, and they win with me on there. But you know what is cool in the game? I just got briefed this by one of my handlers, <laughs> said that you can actually fight in hell on the game. I want to, you can create hell, yeah, in the game, yeah, and fight in there. WWE originals. You can also uh, see like monster <laughs> versions of ourselves too. I'm being told. Oh, and wow. Yeah, and I, I like to try to keep my inner demons and monsters away from the video game, but I guess we're going to bring it all out for everybody to see, so it's exciting. Right, it's time that the people got to know the demon that lives inside Luke right, Gallows. Right, yeah, exactly. It's very cool to be able to you know, have my kids turn on a game and play as daddy. It's pretty cool. Do you have to get 17 copies of it, or can they share? They can share just fine. Of course, we do... I feel like I'm bragging again, but there's an Xbox, there's a PlayStation 4, two of them. Oh, you switches, and then you know, it, you know, switches plural. This, of course, plural. My, the 2K guy over here, he sends me codes, so I get it for free too. So <laughs> I don't even pay for the games. You just hooked up. Just hooked up. So the only thing my son said to me was, "How many free copies of the game can you get?" Not I love you or I'll miss you. No. How no. many free copies of the game no. can you get? And what does your son need multiple free copies for? Is he, is he, uh, he uses his currency at school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Setting up a table at school, yeah, trying to move He's got his own gimmick table right outside of the cafeteria. Four playing over here. I got the, another half Asian boy playing the playing the, the Xbox. It's true. He's half Vietnamese. The half Vietnamese brother playing uh, the Xbox here. My other half Vietnamese brother playing the PlayStation 4. Uh, the third half Vietnamese brother's playing the Switch. And then the baby is watching. Yeah. yeah. Now, are they all boys? They're all boys. <laughs> you are just just masculinity from head to toe, huh? You need a boy? No, I got one. Oh. One is enough. <laughs> Don't you have two? I got one boy, one girl. I did it. I think that's generally the way. Because you have one boy, one girl. Then you can kind of say, okay, we're done. Cut it out, Sam. It's over. <laughs> are you getting that done? You're going to get the snip? He talks about it. He hasn't done it. I see one more. I see one more in the you future. You think another one's Why coming? Not? Why not? You know what? I can't have any more. I've heard your salary's really, really high these days. I can't have any more for for my mental capacity to stay normal, and right. for my and for me and my, and my beautiful uh, significant other to be able to be remain friends. Money buys a lot. There are all these rumors on the internet. Gallows and Anderson are leaving. Gallows and Anderson aren't happy. Then one week on Raw, you show up, big smiles on your faces, and feet firmly planted in the ground. Exactly right. It's <laughs> magical how that happens, right? I told him. I told him when Baby Cash was born that I'm fully supportive of them continuing to have kids because it's fun to wrestle, and we're going to do it until we're 70 because he won't stop procreating. <laughs> when I told him that my that she was pregnant with the fourth baby, he wrote. 
about four lines of ha 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 and goes, oh my God, yes, we're gonna wrestle until we're 60. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way it works that's what out. He wants to do. I don't want to do that. Yeah, but when you're a team, I would want to do it too. Because the money that comes in, you split it. Yeah. He gets to just pocket it with the one kid, and you, you got a whole army that's using all your cash. Man, we started rolling it in when Bullet Club hit hot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still got this train. It's like a, what's it called when the snowball keeps going? Right. Oh, well, that's it. it let's just snowball. Boy, when it comes crashing down, though, Sam, I don't know what, how the, what we're gonna. I don't know what our interview is gonna be like. You know oh, what? The year's not going well. <laughs> Actually, I've set up a GoFundMe. What are those things called? Those uh, where the signings, the old wrestlers do the signings. That's what we'll be at. What's you're, Comic Cons? Yeah. We'll meet you there. You're gonna be on the convention circuit. Uh, hello, Sam. <laughs> Remember the good old days when we were loaded? I spent it all on four wheelers. They don't. They don't hold value. They those hold, four wheelers. They hold no value. You want a Bullet Club shirt? Five bucks. At least five. Yeah. Oh, forget it. Well, you keep the, I've, I've seen you, now every time you get a new pair of tights, the MG is represented on it. Always. So clearly you're trying to keep that brand alive. Does anybody, before you go out there, go like, hey, why does it say MG on your tights? The, the MG is not even in your name. Not one. <laughs> and I don't know if that's good or bad, because I, maybe it means nobody's looking at it. No. Not one. We have a politically correct version of MG. It's Monster Gaijin. Okay, so oh, is that what that get away with that? We I can see. put the MG yeah. out there. It's I not see. a problem. That's kind of like FTR is forever the revival. Forever That's the revival. Forever. 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 <laughs> well, look, guys. Man, it's good to see you. I'm excited for you. I'm excited, even though the rating is so low. It's still great to be in a game. It's not a bad rating, though. It's it's a factual rating. That's right. why the game's good. Right. And also, like you need when you got a wrestling game. And I've gotten all the wrestling games. I've played all the wrestling games. You need a guy, a character, who you're like, okay, I want to try out this super good character, but I don't want to waste another good character. So, like, I want to see how good Brock Lesnar is in this game. Let me throw him up against Big Gallus or Anderson so to what, just... What you, what you yes. want to do is, yes, you want to get a W. I'm trying to get a W. You want to win. Yeah. And you go, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll wrestle Big yeah. LG or Carl. That's perfect. You know what? Being a couple job guys in a 2K game still means you're in a 2K game, doesn't it? <laughs> Throw me on every game for about 20 more years. You're going to have to. You're going to have to, and lucky you. Lucky, lucky you, Gallows. We'll do this forever. I'll see you in 10 years. Lucky Gallows since the Bullet Club days, baby. Saved him from the aces and eights, and here we are. <laughs> you're, you're a great man for doing That's that, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before you get into any more trouble, I'll send you your next interview. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Great jacket, by the way. Thank you. Here we are. 2K20 launch, and up early in the morning, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. What's the haps, Ric Flair? Never too early for the Nature Boy. Yeah, is it still? Is it the morning, or is it still last night? <laughs> it's Vegas. It's the morning now. <laughs> 20 years ago would have been last night. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, just meeting you at the rendezvous. <laughs> How has your life changed? I mean, you had a health scare a while back. You had to get yourself healthy. You had to change everything after, you know, decades of, of living as only the nature boy can. Yeah. But what's been amazing is every time you walk in a room, still a nature boy. Oh, thank you. Well, actually, you know what? I told someone today, it's taken literally two years for me to get me back. It's not... It was it was two years in August, but um, I actually I feel great. Um, I'm working out um, semi hard again, not going too fast. It's you know day by day I can do 500 free squats again, wow. which was always something that I always prided myself on. And I'm doing lo lighter 
upper body exercise just because I don't want to get any bigger. I don't need to get bigger and buy more clothes. So um, <laughs> I'm just happy, and I'm, um, you know, so involved uh, just in day-to-day -day watching my daughter um, become, um, I don't even think it's arguably, but the, 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 one of the top two performers in the business, man or woman. So it's yeah. um, been fun watching her and then seeing the company grow and this new um, arrangement they have with Fox is awesome. It's just, the WWE never gets any better. It's incredible. Than being here. Do you, do you talk to Charlotte and go like, because I saw the 30 for 30 and they got into, and I've read you know all of your interviews in the past, and they got into some of the insecurity that you dealt with. Charlotte, I was literally just talking to her, and she, you know, doesn't see what I think the rest of us see on the outside all the time. You know what I mean? I don't know if she considers herself one of the top two performers in the world. Do you have to, like, sit her down and say, Ashley, do you understand how good you are? Uh, no. I, I mean, I have. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think if, if you were to be point on and not worried about having to answer to 20 people for saying it, she would tell you that she's the best. Um, gotcha. But um, she's a perfectionist. So being the best is not something you take for granted. She she refuses to approach each day with, um, I know I'm that good. In other words, me, when I was at my prime, I didn't even think about it. I knew I was that good. Mm -hmm. As I got older, and I was, you know, because of promoters and the way I was, you know, handled and promoted, that caused insecurity, even anxiety for me. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I prevailed, and I, look where I am now, and I'm here and part of this, and so fortunate to be relevant. Um, so I, it, it, it's hard for me to tell her that she just needs, with her schedule, being what it is, to just take a deep breath and go, I know I'm the best. I mean, because she is, and I think everybody knows it. Yeah, I think so, too. You talk about being relevant. Did you ever picture yourself in... 2019 being a hip-hop icon the hip-hop community has yeah, taken to I you i mean Thank rick God. flair drip yeah. is is a whole it's a, it's a whole world like you exist outside yeah. of wrestling oh, i've got new stuff coming out too <laughs> hopefully with sway lee and post uh, malone so um no it's great i'm i'm thrilled i'm honored those guys hold me in that light and uh it's all that stuff i did all in the 80s and uh Yet now it's become it's worth it's worth money to me now, and, yeah. uh, and uh, I am so thankful for all the respect. I love them, and they're hanging out with Offset or Snoop, or <laughs> I'll see Post next Saturday, a week from Saturday. He's coming to Atlanta. Awesome, Sway Lee, they're all my guys. So, so like when and when you see like when you start dipping into that community and seeing what it is that 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 a lot of rappers are talking about and how they're presenting themselves, do you see like this is exactly what I was doing? Like, they're exactly. literally oh, cutting it, yeah. Nature Boy I promos yeah. over music. Yeah, no, I see it. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a new deal with Adidas Shoes and uh, looking forward to that. And that's kind of tied into it, my stuff from the yesteryear and all. So it's all, it's all going to be cool. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. what's great is that it's one of those things where they, like, uh, are, are looking at the stuff you did back then but completely changing it and making it current and making yeah. you it's not like a nostalgia thing no, no, it's no, like a no, no this is cool today it's going on had to buy some new bling 
I Let me see. Nick, oh my God! Look at that! I can't travel light anymore. No. Can't take it day off. Oh my God! The metal detectors must be impossible for you. That neck is frozen. Can't go through them because of a pacemaker. <laughs> Man, I mean, who would have thought at this point too? You'd be making all your money off your old stuff, but there's still more jewelry to blow it on, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never stops. Can never buy enough jewelry. <laughs> no, no. Do you have your old stuff, your old, whether it's your shoes or your jewelry or your watches or your, your coats or whatever it is? No, I've gone through all my wardrobe. It's gone. No. Um, I bought over 120 pair of alligator shoes from Friedman's in Atlanta. Uh -huh. And so um, I can't give away the secret, but we're going to shoot a little... Special with Bruce Friedman for all those shoes I bought back in the 80s. Over 120 pair of alligator oh shoes. Oh my God. Alligator or lizard. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, well, that's like wrestling boots. I bought new shoes every day, new yeah. wrestling boots. That's the legacy. I, did, I, just was, I just wanted to be the sharpest dressed guy and look the best. And I was obsessed with that as much as I was with wrestling. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that what made you like transcendent was the fact that you would be this person on TV. And then you would leave the studio. That, that you're still me. that person. Yeah. You're in the airport. You're did, that person. It did not work in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are we going to the Marriott Hotel for? We're going to give us a deal, honey. That was, that Why was, do you have to be 18 or 28 to get in? I don't know. <laughs> That's them. My favorite part of that 30 for 30 was when you said your wife would call going, Why are you giving your room number out on TV? <laughs> That's your actual room number. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Got a raid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want me to plug the room. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how long does he do the I don't know excuses uh, work I mean, for? Well, listen, I'm solid this time. I'm married to a good woman and yeah. um, I'm planted and I've actually painted myself into a corner <laughs> where I'm here in Las Vegas alone and I haven't done anything wrong. That's and incredible. It, it, but I fight it. It's this urge. You're like, go down, down. They've got me at the Renaissance. I'm nowhere near this trip. It's, it's like, like 7.30 like at night. You're like, I got to go to bed. Like Somebody is keeping me on down and on a DL. Don't let him out of your sight. Yeah. I got to go. He doesn't do good at Caesars. I got to go to bed right yeah, now. Because yeah, exactly. if I don't go to bed right now, yeah, yeah, gets, like it gets out. Yeah. 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 Then, yeah. <laughs> Don't use the phone. <laughs> Don't call anybody. Take it. Matter of fact, take it out of the room. Exactly. Take it out of the room. Exactly. Do you? Does it blow your mind when you got events like this? Everybody's playing the game. You're in the game. Your rating is still high. I heard you got like a 90-something rating in the game. I did. Yeah. Holy cow. Honestly, Charlotte's a little upset that your rating is higher than hers. Well, that's a, that's because it's a game. <laughs> yeah, it's not real life. Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> Keep in mind, my rating is only ahead of yours because it's a game. <laughs> it's not real. He said it's because it's a game. It's not real. Uh, that's why the rating's up. It's a game, honey. Oh, way higher. Rick's got a good 10 points on you guys. Huh? Your rating is way higher than the Good Brothers. Well, we understand that. <laughs> that makes sense, he said. Listen, these guys, however, are the kind of guys that were good on town with me in the 80s. <laughs> and we'd, 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 we'd still be at Caesars. Where are they? They're late for the 2K meeting. No. Caesars got them in a limo. Is that what you do when you go into a WWE locker room these days? Do you kind of scour going like, yep, those are the guys I would have hung out with? Oh, yeah. well, no, I don't. These say this guy's a full-fledged, I can't say it, but yeah, they're fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah brothers is what they call yeah, them, the right? The Usos, yeah. <laughs> Roman. I can spot him a mile away. Dolph Ziggler. He no. runs and hides from me. As soon as you walk in the room, you're like, yep, he's yeah. one of ours. Yeah, I know him right away. 
Do you, though, we were talking about you like uh, being transcendent and taking that character and going all over the place with it. Do you, is that, do you ever try to kind of instill that in younger guys? Like, look, it's one thing to play a character on TV, but you got to bring that character with you. And I mean, and uh, you know, because you can't do that now with social media. I actually, I, I think that the guys need to be more themselves off camera, but that's not the way the world now. I'm not going to try and tell someone that if he is wearing a coat and tie on TV, he needs to wear it through the airport. Yeah. I mean, I lived my gimmick. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It was a gimmick, yeah. but it was just you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't throw on sweatpants to fly in an airplane. I mean, I dressed and wore, and, and I mean, it worked for me. Um, but it's a different world now, and um, you know, casual clothes are more acceptable, and uh, it, it, it's just a different time. But um, and you probably know I, from I don't, the, I don't regret that. I don't regret doing it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you probably know from the people you hang out with that nowadays sweatpants can cost just as much as a suit. Exactly, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that I didn't, um, I didn't just do a makeover. I mean, what the, what the guys are wearing now, they wear on TV, they wear in the street. And it, it has nothing to do with the cost of everything. It, it's just that if your gimmick is such or such, like The Miz, he's got himself painted into a corner now where he's dressed up in that. And he maintains that yeah. on set. I yeah. mean, you, you almost have to because the fans, I... I think everybody wants to think it's a game, but it's, it's a serious business that the kids are looking at, and they they don't know, you know, what yeah. to think. And you, and you can, you got a few seconds every night that you're on TV to make yourself different from the people you're in ring with. And that's why you walk in this room. You were promoting a video game. You got diamonds all over your neck. You got a custom-made suit. You got it. I mean, I mean, I I bet that that silk uh, uh, scarf. Cost more money. Your handkerchief probably two hundred bucks for a handkerchief. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> oh my God! It's like an angel made that. <laughs> it's incredible. Ric Flair, you are an icon. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the time. Thank you, sir. I'm honored. For all respect. Woo! <laughs> it's the 2K20 launch for WWE. I'm here with Bobby Lashley. We got a lot to talk about, Bobby. What's the hap? Lana loves me, and I love her. <laughs> Okay, so I think I think the last time we spoke, you know, we did an interview. You hadn't even come back to WWE yet at that uh, comic convention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're back in WWE. You've been back, and the arc of you back in WWE it started with you and your family and your sisters and just such a good man. Just Bobby Lashley is a good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Then I turn on Raw this week, and not at 10.30, not at 10.45, but at 8.01, the kids are still awake. First segment, you are in bed with another man's wife in that man's bed, and you're bragging to him about it. What happened to Bobby Lashley? Ah, I've seen the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, you know... uh... You know, ultimately, I just came back for one thing, and that was to fight. You know, fight Brock, fight Brock, fight Brock. And ever since then, like you said, I've been playing with my sisters. I've been singing. Uh, Now now I'm in a love relationship. I mean, layers, 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 layers. Because you know what? I think no one knows who I am. And like I said before, when I was talking to you in the podcast, I'm just horrible on social media. So on social media... 
boy. And there he goes again. <laughs> oh, boy. Wrong. Let's go back to the video game. He's an 87 and I'm an 86. Why? Why? Wow. Pronouns, pal. <laughs> <laughs> because he's taller than me, you guys give him an extra point. I was a little concerned. I thought I heard Sam inviting you to his wife's little birthday party she's having. Don't invite Bobby Lashley to any of your wife's parties. Oh, I won't. I'm not even going to tell you what my wife's name is. We have two children. We're very happy together. No, we have two children. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take a closer look at those kids. <laughs> so, so you knew, I mean, it's just, you come, what happens in WWE is sports, entertainment. You have athletes who are also entertainers. You are an athlete. You have had a, an MMA career. You have had, you know, your, your athletic background speaks for itself. But at WWE, they said, oh, no. You're an entertainer. You're going to be singing, and you're going to. We need some some soap opera storylines, and you, Bobby Lashley, you are the man for the job. <laughs> Me? Oh, How did social media respond? Like the, when when social media? Because I'll tell you, my wife was watching Raw, and you know what she said? I don't like this. <laughs> she, she was made very uncomfortable by the whole situation, especially when Lana removed her bra. Because that was a real bra. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And my wife had watched Total Divas. So she had she really fell in love with the relationship that Lana and Rusev had. And to watch you so happily ruin it in Rusev's robe really broke her heart. In Rusev's bed, in his house, and everything. Layers, there's layers. Uh, you know what? I have not watched it back. Um, I wonder why. Because when it happened, I was there, and I felt it. And I then afterwards... I just kind of said, it's best to just kind of let that brew. Uh -huh. And then every once in a while, switch on. It's like, oh, there's more comments about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, like I said before, like I'm terrible with social media. Um, this is just showing different layers of who I am. Oh, yeah. Or who I could be or... You're trying not to take credit for your terrible actions. <laughs> you know, this is the this is year when I when I came back it's a whole different whole different roster, whole different mood, whole different vibe. The show's completely different, and I think people just take what they want, and I'm going to take what I want. Yeah. You, you know what? Here's the thing: you want a Brock Lesnar fight. Brock Lesnar's not on the show every week. It's kind of hard to just take that. However, Rusev and Lana are there. You wouldn't mind having that, so you took that. Yeah, yeah, man. You know what? It's kind of one of those things where if you're walking down the street with your girlfriend yeah. and then somebody just comes and grabs her hand and walks away with her and you turn around and you're like... <laughs> that's, that's, that's me. Yeah, so, you're that so, guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. So I believe if, if, if I piss everybody off enough, then that might be another way to um, have that Brock fight. Do you like... Is there a sense of pride to the fact that, like, you know on a Tuesday, whether you're checking actively or not, you know it's among, if not the most talked about segment. Like, you know, you probably know before you you do it, oh, my God, this is good or bad. This is the segment that people are going to be talking about. Do you like that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. And you have to, especially in this business, because if you're one of those ones that, that nobody talks about, then that's kind of ugly. That's kind of hard thing. But you know what? I think what's happened for me within the last um, few shows that I've been on, we've blown up the internet every way. Me and Braun did it with the arm wrestling match, the tug of war match, going through the LED board. It was like one of the most viewed things on, on Instagram, 
Twitter, YouTube, all the way across the board. And then I come back and I do it again. <laughs> so um, in, order to, in order to keep that going, I, I really don't know where we can go now. Right. I, we, we were made out on, on TV and then we went in bed. And, and after that, I mean, we're just going to show how fun me and Lana have together. Yeah. We have so much fun together. So I you think know how much I loved the fact that you, I saw you and Lana together on the SmackDown blue carpet. That like you're on the you're on the blue carpet. You're talking to all the media, and it's like, oh yeah, here's Lana. Of course, she's with me. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh man. And you know, but you know what? You 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 bring up a good point about you taking the girlfriend's hand and walking away, and the boyfriend just goes bye bye. Because you know what? The girlfriend is the one that should be stopping you. At the end of the day, Lana is the one that should be going like, hey, don't do this. It's not Rusev's problem anymore. If Lana is saying like, yeah, let's go for it. I think Lana's saying go for it more than I'm saying go for it. <laughs> I was trying to toe the line a little bit, but Lana was like, there's no line. Let's go straight to the top. Yeah, but there's there's big things with that. You know, if, if you want to be something in this business, you have to be talked about. I don't give a damn what people say about me anymore. Because yeah. at the end of the day, when I go home and I cast that check and I give it to my kids and take care of my kids, I don't give a damn that, oh, somebody said Bobby Trashley or... I, or I'm confused or whatever it is. I like all that stuff. Just keep talking and keep going on and liking my stuff and commenting on it and everything like that. I don't do enough on it, but when I do do something, everybody's coming there. And then ultimately, you know, you keep pissing me off enough, and then we'll just keep doing more. But ultimately, the, 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 the main goal is in hand, and that's to win that title, whoever it could be against. I mean, so you're not – will you have – a crisis of conscience when you look, you finally have your match with Rusev. You know, I'm on the pre-shows. I talk about who I think is going to win and lose. There's no way Rusev is going to win the match. There's right. no way. There's no, no way. way. And that's just the thing. So, I mean, so when I, you beat a man at his profession and then take his personal life from him, <laughs> I mean, I don't see how there's any coming back from it. There's none. There's none. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, you know, you heard those stories where, like, a car fell on top, uh, a kid and the mom was able to like pick the car up and have this superhuman strength. Yeah. Rusev may have that, but he's still going to take an ass whooping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Rusev with superhuman strength ain't Bobby Lashley. Yeah, he's still going to have to run into me. And that's, that's the beauty of this story. You know, I liked Rusev before, you know? And then when he started, I, I, you don't know how he's going to react. I don't know how he's going to react. I know he killed Randy and, and, um, and Baron the other day. I, but they're not me, so I'm really interested to see how this is going to unfold. When he does actually get in front of me with all that anger and rage that he has, and he runs up to me, he's like, I'm going to, I'm so mad. And you're just waving and smiling. Like, you got nothing to be mad about, do you? Yeah, nothing to be mad about. I'm living my best life, man. <laughs> So, so is that kind of the way it goes down? Do you kind of show up on Monday and find out, like, okay, what what level of the Lana Lashley relationship is going to be portrayed today? Is that when you go, like, oh, oh, that's what we're doing today? Yeah, so we're, I'm, I'm going to in bed with her, huh? That's what you guys want to see. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many different things that we can do with this, and, and I'm excited with it because, you know, like what happens where – he gets that chance to get after me and then I beat him up. Is he going to go and bring somebody else? Right. Is he going to go that route? Is he going to go and ask maybe the champ to come and help him out? Or 
He's going to ask Braun to help him out. Like, what is he going to do, you know? Did you, did you ever think in your pro wrestling career that you would be involved in an angle that would result in Bobby Lashley pornography parody memes coming out? I mean, I'm sure you must have seen them. They're very hard to avoid. Oh, man, I try to avoid them so <laughs> hard. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you, when you get in the wrestling business, you always joke about it. I think everybody's joked about it at some point in time. I want to be in an angle with somebody, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when you actually get put in there, you're like, all right, all right, now what do we do? <laughs> it's like getting that hot girl. You're like, man, this, she's smoking hot, man. I'm going to go say something to her. And then you run up to her and you're like, that's just not... I don't know what to do. You know what I'm really looking forward to? The day that Bobby Lashley tries to become a good guy again, and I have to be the one voice that's sitting there going, Wait! No, do you know what he did? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> no, he, I, Rusev did this, and he did, he's so mean to her, and, he, and he's this, he's that, that's why he did it. Yeah, you were the white knight in all this. You were saving her. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're in 2K20, obviously. That's why you're here. Do Being in video games like this, does it ever get old, or is it, like, pretty awesome every time? It's awesome every time. You know, with our business and the way things move so fast, oftentimes we kind of, like, don't have a chance to just kind of step back and just reflect on this yeah. and say, holy cow, I'm in a video game. Like, when I was younger, I looked up at those people, like, like, you know, as a kid, you know, I never had a chance to actually see a professional wrestler but man when I was glued to the TV when I was younger I was like oh my god oh my god and I can just imagine just from the look at some of the kids faces when they see me like you see one of the wrestlers if, if I would have seen Hoken if I would have seen um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat or <coughs> Superfly or any one of those guys when I was younger I would have been like like paralyzed because that's how it was so this is what this is this is how this game feels to me man I'm I pull myself out and I put myself into the into the eyes and the in the mind of like eight year old Bobby or nine year old Bobby and look at this and saying, Holy cow, if I was playing this video game, I would definitely pick the big jacked up black guy. Because <laughs> that's what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> but it's so cool, man. It's so cool seeing it. It's awesome. Well, I mean, there's a lot for you that's awesome right now. You know, whether people want to admit it or not. I think this whole thing's awesome. <laughs> I think it's so great. Every, and you know what? The fact that you guys were ballsy enough to put it on first thing at 8 o'clock, I was like, oh, yes, let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you know. it's funny. A lot of the guys, when they're walking with their wives or their wife, you can tell their wives are part of it. Like, you're an asshole. This is the worst thing. You're rah, rah, rah. Their wife walks out. They're like, bro. <laughs> I love it. Lashley, the wife stealer. 2K20, and I believe that next year for 2K21, in the career mode or the story mode, we will see cutscenes of Lashley in bed with another superstar's wife. And I'm here for it, and I can't wait for it. Thank you, Bobby. Whatever we have to do. <laughs> it's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Yeah, it is. Before we get too deep into the State of Wrestling, let's unpack a little bit about what we just heard. First of all... Uh, I still stand by the Charlotte thing. We'll talk about that in a second. The Good Brothers interview might be one of the funniest 10 minutes I've ever done. I was having so much fun with those guys, really just talking about their financial situation and the fact that they're well aware that they lose all the time. 
You know, they're the one part you heard, like, uh, people will tweet, wrestlers will tweet, superstars will tweet about not being terribly happy with their, uh, with, with where they're at in the game in terms of their rating. Not the good brothers. They're not happy with their rating, but they can't complain about it, they said. It makes sense because they lose all the time. But they're filthy, stinking rich. So it is what it is. The good brothers were great. Ric Flair, incredible. I mean, talking about, yeah, I'm going to see Post Malone on Saturday. and but, like He's just the man. He is so, and he still exudes being the man. I know Becky Lynch is the man, and she exudes that too, but Ric Flair. Ric Flair just comes in. He grabs that microphone, that confidence. And I, I can't wait till you guys see the video. All the videos of those interviews, they'll go up on Patreon first, as always. Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. But they'll all hit the YouTube channel, YouTube slash NotSam. And you'll be able to see just the bling and diamonds that Ric Flair was wearing. Unbelievable. What a time to be the nature boy. And then Bobby Lashley coming in and just, he had this look on his face. And that's another reason why you're going to want to see the video. When I pointed out that the Lana Lashley segment last week was uh, the first segment of the first hour. When I said the kids are still awake, he almost like, like he had forgotten that, oh my God, it's eight o'clock at night. Kids are still awake. This is not good. What are we doing? However, he's right. We're all still talking about it. So, you know, at the end of the day, is it a negative? I don't think so. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I really think that Charlotte, if you listen to that interview knowing she's losing the title that day, it sounds like she kind of knows she's losing the title that day. I thought it was very, very interesting. I loved the Bailey uh, heel turn on SmackDown. It's about time. I'm glad that it's not being winked at. I'm glad that it's not subtle. I'm glad that it's full on. You know, it's exactly where things should have gone after Hell in a Cell where she's sitting there not understanding why the fans are not supporting her after she lost the title, why they're cheering Charlotte. Um, It goes along with everything she's been saying about like, yeah, she's still a role model. She's just, you know, she's being loyal to her friend Sasha Banks. I don't understand why everybody... To cut the hair short, to go so dramatically. It's one thing to change the gear. It's a step up to actually physically take a gardening hoe or whatever she took to cut down all those wacky wobblers. But it's a third thing to get an entirely new hairdo. To cut her hair to the point that it's shoulder length. I think it's probably a little above her shoulders. I think it looks great. And I think that it, it, because she can't do a side pony now even if she wanted to. You know what I mean? It's not like she's just wearing her hair down. The hair is gone. There is no side pony to be had. There's no hugging anymore. She said, bitches. And she said, screw yourself. Screw all of you, bitches. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I like that uh, it's on the nose. I like that Bailey is not going like, well, you know, I mean, technically I'm not. It's like, no, I'm a heel. I'm a bad guy. I don't like the fans. I'm in it for myself. I'm a selfish person. I'm evil. I thought it was great. I thought that the the Bailey thing was done masterfully. Um, SmackDown was especially interesting because we saw The Fiend and Seth Rollins continue their story on SmackDown, which they did not do at all on Raw. Uh, the fiend coming out from under the ring and then the lights go out and then he's on the stage. I thought it was cool. You know, some people were annoyed that there wasn't a clean finish in the Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins match. Like, that's one 
where I kind of see it coming. It's not like there was a big story leading into this. It's not like it was on a pay-per-view. You know, as much as SmackDown is a big deal, and, you know, honestly, if you had given Seth a clean win over Roman Reigns and then had him attacked by The Fiend, it would be better for both Seth Rollins and The Fiend. It wouldn't be better for Roman Reigns, but it would be better for both of them if Seth Rollins had gotten a clean victory, and technically he should. I mean, Roman Reigns is not a title holder, and Seth Rollins is the universal champion still. Even if he is winning it by match stoppages inside a Hell in a Cell, technically he's still the universal champion. So I think it would have been stronger for Seth and The Fiend if you had had Seth get the clean victory. And I would have preferred it. You know, I think if anybody needs that kind of strength, it's Seth Rollins right now. Certainly wouldn't hurt Roman Reigns all that badly. You know, it's not like that would be, wouldn't be something that Roman Reigns would be able to recover from. Roman Reigns is the type of superstar and has the type of record where you could believe he was just having an off night. But the fact that the Universal Champion came in there, and if you if, if I were to tell you Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns and there is a clean finish, you would probably guess, like, I, I'm Roman Reigns won. I mean, he had to. It's non-title. Okay, Roman Reigns won. Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion, to go in to a match with somebody who's not even a title holder as the underdog, you know, I think you could have done a lot to change that if you had had Seth Rollins just beat Roman Reigns and then get attacked by The Fiend. Um, but they didn't. Seth Rollins, uh, he's now the guy who's involved in big matches that have non-finishes. So hopefully that'll change when The Fiend and Seth Rollins finally meet again. Hopefully. We'll see. You know? Uh, but... It does lead me to the draft. The draft is probably the big story, and that's the story we're really going to be covering today in State of Wrestling. Again, this isn't the longest State of Wrestling in the world, certainly not as long as they used to be in doing the top five and everything, because we will have another show on Thursday where we break down, just like every Thursday, where we break down Raw, where we break down NXT, AEW, and we preview SmackDown and all that. So this is really about what we saw on Friday, and also what's to come. All we really know for Raw as of right now is that we're looking at a Sasha Banks-Becky Lynch match, which is odd because both have been drafted. Becky to Raw as the top choice, the number one seed, and Sasha to SmackDown. So I don't know... I don't know what the ramifications are in that match unless Bailey is going to get drafted to Raw on Monday. So it could be interesting to have Sasha Banks actually beat Becky Lynch for the title. Have Sasha Banks now take the Raw Women's Championship to SmackDown. Bailey gets drafted to Raw, brings her title to Raw, and now Becky Lynch is going after Bailey. Bad guy Bailey, good guy Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch has to chase Bailey for that title. Meanwhile, Sasha Banks is over on the other show. So down the road, whether it's a WrestleMania, whether it's whatever it is, far down the road, Sasha Banks can sit there and be like, but I'm the one. I'm the one. And technically, Asuka could say the same thing, but poor Asuka, you know. But if Sasha were to beat Becky for the title and then move to the other show and they never interact with each other and then now have Becky chasing Bailey for the SmackDown title that would become the Raw Women's title. Uh, I think that that would be really, really cool. 
It would justify the match on Monday, certainly, and it would just be compelling, you know, to open Raw with Sasha Banks winning the title and then have the war rooms talking to each other, have have Raw trying to get Sasha to come on, even though SmackDown's already got her. Well, what are you going to trade? Proposing this. Then Bailey wins. Bailey gets drafted right under SmackDown's nose. And then they're like, well, that trade's off the table because now Raw's got Bailey. We do have a champion. We don't need Sasha. But, you know, there could be more drama. I think that the draft needs more drama. I think that's what was missing from SmackDown. I like the angle of Fox wanting these guys and USA wanting those guys. I like the idea of it being a Fox versus USA thing um, and not having like fake uh, storyline figureheads that are arguing with each other. I just think it's a fresh take on it. And I think it's good. And I think it establishes that the show's, this really establishes the show's being different because now you're sitting there going like a show on Fox is not the same as a show on USA and vice versa. That said, the war room thing didn't make a ton of sense to me because like when you go look at the NFL draft, any sports draft, like the team cheers based on what number pick they got. And the audience who's a fan of a team cheers when a player gets drafted to a certain team. But if you know who's on the table, you let's say you know you've got the number one pick, and you go, okay, I picked Becky Lynch, and then the Stephanie comes out and says Raw has drafted Becky Lynch. Raw doesn't then turn around and like celebrate as if they've won something. They already knew that was going to happen. So I, th- I was like, that that's a little weird, you know. I also think some of the decisions need to be justified and certainly questioned, you know. Like uh, uh, let's go over some of them because, for instance, Drew McIntyre. Round one was Becky Lynch going to Raw. Makes sense. Roman Reigns going to SmackDown. Makes sense. And when I say going, like they're staying. The OC staying on Raw, which is a little questionable, you know. But okay, you know, I don't have a real problem with it. The Fiend getting moved to SmackDown, which is enormous. That's huge and really, really shocking to me. Because I thought SmackDown was going to be more the... Uh, sports-oriented show. I thought SmackDown was going to be more of more sports-like in their presentation because they're trying to get the NFL fans to tune over and watch SmackDown, and you know, and, and show that this is an athletic thing. And since not that the Fiend can't wrestle, but the Fiend is such a rich character that as much as it's one of the best characters, I mean, as much as it's let's be honest, the best character in WWE right now. You would think it would be on the show where they're going to appeal more to the entertainment crowd, which I think is what Raw and USA is going to be. But maybe not, you know, because The Fiend is going to be on SmackDown. And then Raw gets Drew McIntyre. So there's a couple things there. Number one, you start to ask yourself. So a, a lot of questions were coming in. Well, why didn't Brock Lesnar get drafted? Why didn't this person get drafted? Why didn't that person get drafted? WWE put out a list, and I clearly, so I didn't hear all the commentary and things like that because I was live in the building for SmackDown, but clearly not enough people were informed of how the draft works because I felt like online, uh, according to my Twitter feed, a lot of people didn't realize that half the roster was not eligible until Monday. The New Day, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, Charlotte, 
you know, a, a ton of people are not eligible to be drafted until Monday. And people go, well, why is that? And the reason being is that if everybody is eligible and you're doing it over the course of two nights, then all of the main event roster is going to get drafted in the first night. Why would you not draft the entire main event roster in the first night? And if you've done that, now we're asking people to tune into Raw to see where the third stringers are going. And we're going to have a three-hour show where all we're talking about is where the B team's going. No offense to the B team. So, you know, it do, that does make sense to me. I think that that is actually good. I did see that that uh, the list that they published for SmackDown matched the first, like, two rounds, meaning, like, the list was Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, The O.C., The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Drew McIntyre are going to be eligible for the draft. And then those are the that's the order they got drafted in, which is a bit of a blunder. Um, but it does make sense to separate the roster when you think about it. Uh, round two. Oh, and and before we move on to round two, so here's what I would need. First of all, I wish that like somebody would be there to either answer for or just somebody would be able to question. Look, Drew McIntyre is great, but he hasn't been on TV in a month if not more, how did he make it to the first round? That's what I would be asking. I'm asking that now. I'd be asking that if I was on a kickoff show panel or the draft central panel or whatever. I'd go, why is Drew McIntyre getting drafted in the first round? When when was the last time he did anything? I'm a fan, but I haven't seen him in forever. How do we know he's even healthy? So stuff like that, you know, I, I not that to say like Drew McIntyre shouldn't be drafted, but it should just be questioned. Like that stuff I feel like should come up. Um, I also, you know, I don't know that it's a given. So looking forward with Brock Lesnar, you have Cain Velasquez in his future. Cain Velasquez isn't going to be drafted, although we found out that he has signed a long-term deal with WWE. So that will be figured out. But I wonder, with The Fiend going to SmackDown, wouldn't it be interesting? I feel like people are just taking for granted that Brock Lesnar is going to be on SmackDown and Seth Rollins is going to be on Raw. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Universal Championship come to SmackDown at this point. I wouldn't be shocked. I think that this story has to continue. I would not be shocked to see Seth Rollins and The Fiend continue on SmackDown. If that doesn't happen, then I think Roman Reigns has a future with The Fiend. However... I still believe The Fiend should be the champion of the world or the universe, if that's the title he's going after. And if you ask me right now, I think that Seth Rollins is going to get drafted to SmackDown and Brock Lesnar is going to get drafted to Raw. And if that happens, I want you to understand something. Scoops got it first. Scoops Roberts, Sam Roberts, hack wrestling journalist, the last professional broadcaster, was the first one to tell you that's exactly how it was going to go down. Seth to SmackDown, Brock to Raw. Boom. And it works better for everybody, I think. Um, Round two, you had Randy Orton going to Raw, which again, you heard first from Scoops Roberts. I heard from my inside sources. It was reported first here on Not Sam Wrestling. So make sure you credit that when you're going to your websites. Heard it from hashtag Scoops. Scoops Roberts, hack wrestling journalist, Sam Roberts, the last professional broadcaster as cited by Triple H. Randy Orton to Raw, obviously I talked about it before, I think it's a good move. Sasha Banks to SmackDown, 
if that plays out the way I talked about it playing out, you know, I think uh, Sasha, I, I think she should win the title from Becky Lynch on Raw. And I think it should be chaos until until Bailey gets drafted to Raw and the title swap. Same way the, the Universal... Yeah, because the Universal champion and the WWE champion, having them swap would be cool. But having just the title swap so the title comes over would also be pretty cool. And that's what I think should happen with uh, Sasha Banks. Ricochet getting drafted to Raw in round two. So Ricochet stays on Raw, which this is another one that I would question. How does Ricochet make it to the second round? Based on 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 his on his record, I guess it's just based on potential. But like this is drives me crazy. So Raw drafts Ricochet, and SmackDown after that grabs Braun Strowman. So wouldn't you sit there and go like, if you're SmackDown, you go Raw's crazy. They just let us have Braun Strowman. Yeah, we're gonna take Braun Strowman. You know, I would definitely take Braun Strowman in a draft before Ricochet. Um. And I believe, let me look at my list. Where did I put Braun? Uh, uh, I got my list. In, yep. Braun going to SmackDown was reported here first. Scoops Roberts added again. Reported here on Not Sam Wrestling. Uh, and then Bobby Lashley staying on Raw. That was also reported here on this podcast by yours truly, hack wrestling journalist. Because it makes sense. Bobby's got that storyline going on Raw. Uh, Raw got Alexa Bliss which also doesn't make any sense because in round four, they drafted Nikki Cross when you could have drafted them as a team and gotten yourself another pick. Uh, SmackDown drafted Lacey Evans. I would question that pick as well as Lacey Evans uh, hasn't really been all that uh, impressive in terms of wins and losses since uh, her battle with Becky Lynch. I mean, she beat Natalia at the pay-per-view at Hell in a Cell on the kickoff but then she lost to Natalia in a last woman standing match on Raw. So I don't know, you know, how she gets drafted that high. But she did. Uh, you have Kevin Owens getting drafted to Raw. Which they said Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens tweeted that he was mad about it. And the WWE didn't run the promo that he cut. I don't know why Kevin Owens would be mad about being drafted to Raw. It's almost like on SmackDown you're leaving on a high note. You got drafted to Smack. You were on SmackDown. You came on. You came, you saw, you conquered. You got Shane McMahon fired. That is the note that you're leaving SmackDown on, and now you're on Raw. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing at all for Kevin Owens. SmackDown keeps, uh, or SmackDown gets the revival, who are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, although they were a Raw team that won the SmackDown titles, and Raw gets Natalia again. I mean, I guess around that round three is not that bad for Natalia. Round four has the Viking Raiders staying on Raw. I would have liked them to be on... Did I have them on SmackDown? Or... No, I had them on Raw. Yeah, I had them on Raw. Uh, I guess you heard that here first. Um, SmackDown, Lucha House Party. Good Lucha things. Okay. You know, you want to use your pick on the Lucha House Party. That's cool, SmackDown. Raw, Nikki Cross, already talked about it. SmackDown gets Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery definitely should have been higher on this list. And Raw drafts the Street Profits, which... I think it's surprising because as much as they've been impressive, I would probably argue they had one big match that they won in NXT. And other than that, they've just been on Raw not wrestling. So, but there they are. They get drafted. Uh, and then there were additional picks done online. Apollo Crews, Drew Gulak, Heath Slater, Tamina, and the B team all go to SmackDown. Whereas EC3, Eric Young, and Sin Cara all go to Raw. 
Um, and it's left a weird taste in a lot of people's mouths because Chad Shorty Gable, yes, Shorty Gable himself, people are upset about it, but honestly, like, look, I get why you're annoyed if you like Chad Gable that he's now being called Shorty Gable. But what was Chad Gable doing? Before his name was Shorty when he was just Chad, he was a Chad. He was doing nothing. You know, he came on with Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan left him. Unfortunately, he got injured. But even if Jason Jordan wasn't injured, he was doing the Kurt Angle thing. He was doing something else. So that's out the window. You know, he was teaming with Shelton Benjamin for a while. He was trying, you know, several different things. But nothing, uh, American Alpha in NXT is the peak of Shorty Gable's career at this point. So he definitely needs to mix something up. He definitely needs to do something different. He's uh, tag team partners with Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode leaves him and uh, immediately becomes Raw Tag Team Champion with Dolph Ziggler. So, you know, let's try to call him Shorty. You know what I mean? Like, you could say, well, at least they're not calling him Shorty. Yeah, but Chad's not doing anything. So call him Shorty. But the point is, Gable and Cesaro, and I feel like with Cesaro, this is just, it's a rib on the fans. Cesaro and Gable are free agents. So they were eligible, I believe, for the first night of draft picks. They were eligible on Friday. Nobody drafted them, either one of them. And, and you know, and they didn't even get drafted in the dot-com update. So technically they're free agents now. Could mean a couple of things. Number one, they could definitely get signed to NXT. I wouldn't be shocked to see either one of them get signed to NXT. Cesaro, probably more probable since they just started this shorty thing. But there's a few things at play here, right? So NXT can sign them because NXT isn't part of the draft. But they can sign talent, you know, in, in canon, they can sign talent that is unsigned. So both of the, either one of those guys or both of them could go to NXT. Number two, you could be building them as even more as underdogs, specifically Shorty Gable. To have Shorty not get drafted by anybody, Man, does that really go like, come on, Shorty, you could do this. Like, they're they're trying to turn him into Rudy, even though Rudy was not good at football. It's like, sorry. It was a beautiful story, but he did one play. Chad Gable is like this amazing wrestler. It's not just because he's also short doesn't make him Rudy. But I feel like they're trying to make him Rudy. I'm surprised they're not calling him Rudy Gable. They're trying to make him into this, like, ultimate underdog. Meanwhile, he's a, an Olympic-level wrestler that could probably beat most of the roster in real competition. It's hilarious. Um, so I feel like they might be maybe moving Cesaro to NXT and just making Shorty Gable the ultimate underdog who's last picked in dodgeball. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens on Raw with it following up. Um you know, on Raw, obviously, you got a huge, just huge amount of talent to be drafted on Raw. Charlotte, The New Day, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, R-Truth, uh, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin. A lot. Charlotte, a lot of big talent still needs to be uh, uh, drafted. And that all goes down on Raw. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, appreciate you guys being here on Not Sam Wrestling. We'll see you right here next week. Uh, it's been great. It's been really, really something. Goodbye, everybody. 
thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.